Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. What's up, peeps? Welcome to episode four of the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. Uh, today, we continue part three of our positional breakdown as we cover our top three wide receivers, our wide receiver breakouts, wide receiver busts, and our wide receiver sleepers. All right, Greg, what's up, man? Good, man. We're back, yo. This is this is my favorite part in the wide receivers. As a person that brags about his elite flag football receiving skills, you know, I, I like the receiver position. I like to look at it during the games. Uh, like, they use their hands. They break off press coverage, all the different types of coverages. And the way they get open, yo, uh, it's, it's exciting, yo. I'm, I'm ready to go, yo. I'm too hyped. It's all good. It's all good. And <laughs> ball is life. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Let's, let's jump to it, man. Um, So, you know, today we're covering our top three wide receivers. Uh, and I guess we'll just we'll start right there. Um, I mean, so right now there's, a, I, I guess, it's, it's two flavors, um, you know, for the top, the top wide receiver in fantasy right now. And, um, Greg, you decided to go against the grain here, so why don't you just tell the people who your number one wide receiver is? Yeah, so my number one, is, uh, usually I uh, would probably take D-Hop any day. It's, I was flipping back and forth, but I'm going to have to go with my man Devontae Adams this year. Um, he finished last season as wide receiver three. He had 111 receptions for 1,386 receiving yards with 13 touchdowns. It's a pretty high, good number. He got you that 169 target number. That's really high. He was tied for first in targets per game at 11.3. So Devontae Adams is super good. He's still very young in this league. Uh, he's an elite receiver, an elite route runner. Uh, this man took over drives last year for Aaron Rodgers because there wasn't a lot of receivers and viable ones, through consistent viable ones for the Packers last season. Um, I expect him to, to lead team in targets again this year with a really high floor and also a very high ceiling guy. Um, he's arguably the most consistent receiver in fantasy last season, and I expect him to do the same again this year. Um, I was looking at something, and if you like take the third of his lowest scoring games, and we'll consider that his floor, if you average the third of his lowest scoring games and make that his floor, and then if you take the third of his highest scoring games and average that and consider that a ceiling, and compared to all the other wide receivers, he had the highest floor amongst wide receivers. So at 14.2 fantasy points of so those average of those the third games. Yeah. And a ceiling of 23.1. So that's still a top 10 number. The floor is there for you. And it's the highest out of all the receivers. And the ceiling is there as well. It's not the boom of maybe a Tyree Kill or some other guys, but it's there for you to win fantasy games. And another crazy stat, he had last year, he only had, he had zero games. Zero games without seven targets, with less than seven targets. He had at least seven targets in all the games that he played last year. He played in 15 of them, and only four of them he didn't score a touchdown. So in 11 of those games, Devontae Adams was finding the end zone. And this was on a bad Aaron Rodgers year. You, you would think, you know, Aaron Rodgers has a lot of – he's a guy that's always in the red zone, doing what he has to do, getting those red zone attempts. Last year – and Rodgers only had 73 red zone attempts. If you go back to his last full season, which was in 2016, he had 115 passes in the red zone. So that was a really bad year for him as far as red zone attempts. If that goes up, Devonta Adams' production, you would think, is only going to go up. And he finishes wide receiver three last season. So I got him as my top guy. Um, yeah, man, he's, he's my ride or die this year. It's Devontae, baby. Let's go. 
Yeah, man. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's when you put the numbers like that and, and you say everything like that, it's, it's kind of hard to argue with some with there. And then, uh, you know, Devontae Adams is a stud. Uh, I remember him coming out of Fresno State. Um, he was, he was, you know, a big prototypical uh, receiver. Uh, he's since, you know, become a, a true NFL wide receiver, you know, playing with Aaron Rodgers. You know, yeah, this guy, I mean, what's there not to love? I mean, you kind of already alluded to the consistency that he had last last year. Um, you know, I, I was I was digging up some numbers uh, as we were prepping for the, for the show. And uh, did you know that Devontae Adams was a wide receiver one or two, 93% of his games? That's crazy. Yeah, 90, 93% of his games, um, this guy was in your lineup, and he was – producing as a top 24 wide receiver. Um, you know, talk about set it and forget it. Like, you never had to worry about this guy. So this is clearly Aaron Rodgers' uh, go-to guy. You know, no Jordy Nelson, no Randall Cobb. Um, you know, I, I, I fully expect uh, Devontae Adams to, you know, really take his mantle as as uh, Aaron Rodgers' go-to guy, man. I mean, I mean it, you know, when you're getting targets from Aaron Rodgers, those, those targets are worth more than a lot of the quarterbacks. So. Um, yeah, I mean it's hard. It's hard to go. It's hard to go wrong there. The only, the only, the only reason. Um, I mean, because I, I mean, spoiler alert. I don't have Devontae in my top three. Um, it, it, it's just that I like. I'm hurt. You know, this, this receiver. But do you know what? You know the receiver position, man. Like this, this top six or seven guys. It's, it's, it's like literally. It is splitting pick, hairs. It's, 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 it's pick your flavor. Pick you know. Yeah. Who, you know what do you want from your from your fantasy wide receiver and um, you know. If you want a guy that's just going to be steady and he's going to, you know, get you over 160 targets and, and get you in the double-digit touchdown range, and um, he's playing with Aaron Rodgers, then, then yeah. But um, you know, like I, like I was alluding to before, I mean, yeah, it's 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 just I mean, it's a combination of I like some other guys better from a, a talent and a situation standpoint. Um, you know, Devontae Adams is just going to be in his second year in, in an all, in a new offense when he's never played in before. Um, so, you know, curious to see how, how targets, kind of like you alluded to with, with the target, you know, this guy's he's going to be 100, 160 targets, he's going to be steady, he's going to get you on some of touchdowns. Uh, I guess my question is, you know, second, you know, it's going to be his first year in a new offense with you know, a new head coach and, um, and, and Matt LaFleur, uh, and so we don't really know, you know, um, what we're going to get from it. From a play calling standpoint and a usage standpoint, but clearly this is Aaron Rodgers' guy. Um, so and yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to argue with you on that one. But um, yeah, I mean, from there, I guess I will jump to the guy who's number one on my list and uh, conceivably number two on yours. Um, but DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, Houston Texans wide receiver. Um, some may call him the best wide receiver in the game. You know, this guy's an absolute stud at the wide receiver position. He's, he's what I call a dog. Um, when I say a dog, I mean a guy that's just going to go out there, he'll line up outside, he'll line up left, right, in a slot. He'll just he'll go get you 10 targets. He'll get you 10 targets. He'll dig out those 10 targets for anywhere between seven to nine grabs. Um, he'll get you, you know, close to 100 yards receiving. He's going to be a beast in the red zone. He can win uh, in the short area, intermediate, you know, you know, downfield. But, again, this guy's a dog. He's got hands. He's got body control. He's got the athleticism. He has it all. 
Um, over the last two seasons, he's second in catches only to Michael Thomas with 211. Uh, he's first in targets with 337 over that. He leads the league in, in percentage of team targets, or what we call target share, with 34.05%. And no other player during that span clears 29%. Uh, he's also third in, in the league in red zone target share during that span with, with 32 32.5%. Um, Devontae Adams, actually their number one wide receiver, he's first during that span with 40.7% of his team's red zone targets, 44.3% um, last year. So again, it's hard to, to argue your case there. Um, but, you know, when I look at a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, we have Deshaun Watson, who's our consensus number two quarterback. And this guy is healthy, and, and we're all expecting him to have a big year in, in the Houston offense that's going to score a lot of points. Um, and, and last year is the first time we were able to see what this offense could do with, with Deshaun Watson for a full 16 game. And, um, you know, if we're expecting improvement from Deshaun Watson, I think that that improvement only has to leak over into DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and then another thing, you know, I, I wanted to see, you know, what kind of impact does Deshaun Watson really have on DeAndre Hopkins? So I took a look at the last, um, you know, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson has started 22 games in the NFL, two seasons. Um, so I wanted to take a look at his last 22 games with Deshaun Watson. Um, and so if you break that out to 16-game pace for 22 games, it, it's 162 targets, 111 catches, 1,544 yards, and 12 touchdowns for a 69% catch rate. So that's a per game average of seven catches for 97 yards and 0.77 touchdowns, or 0.8 touchdowns. Um, in his last 22 games without Deshaun Watson, uh, the 16 game pace is 167 targets. So you're still getting the targets. Um, 85 catches, 1,134 yards, six touchdowns. So again, while you're still getting the targets, that catch rate's down from 69% to 51%. His per game average, Again, down from seven seven catches for 97 yards to five catches for 71 yards. Instead of 0.8 touchdowns, we're looking at half of that, a 0.4 touchdown. Mm. So well, we got Deshaun Watson on the field. Clearly a, a boom for uh, for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, it just adds to the, the security that you're getting when you, when you draft him early, when you draft him in the, in the top uh, top eight of drafts. Uh, you're, you're getting a, a wide receiver that's consistent week in and week out. Um, while he wasn't to the level of Devontae Adams last year, uh, he was consistent in his own right. He had seven games last year as a wide receiver one, and he had 11 games where he was at least a wide receiver two. So that would put him at a wide receiver one or two 69% of the time. Again, that's second to only Devontae, who was a 93. So, um, you know, we're talking about a guy that's consistent. We're talking about a guy that's explosive. We're talking about a guy that's, that's he's going to get you, he's going to get it. Uh, for you through volume, he's going to get it for you through touchdown, through touchdowns. He's going to be in high over unders. Uh, I mean, what's there not to like about this guy? He's a stud man. Yeah, he is. He's D Hop. Like I was just watching <laughs> <laughs> like an NFL 100 promo the other day, and he was he was catching footballs upside down. They were saying like, oh, D Hop, he does his workouts catching the football upside down. Like, and I totally believe that that he goes in the gym and does that because that <laughs> the man's an absolute beast. Oh, and by yeah. the way. Yeah, what was I gonna say? No, did you see that where he caught the the sushi roll? No, nah, I didn't even see that. Uh, oh my god, bro! So they had they they had um, Deshaun Watson and D Hop doing like a, some commercial, and so they wanted to get you know kind of be like, oh, uh, Deshaun Watson and, and, and you know DeAndre Hopkins, their their chemistry is like unreal, 
And so they were going to, they're trying to film them, like Sean Watson throwing a sushi roll, and then uh, the DeAndre Hopkins was trying to catch it with chopsticks. So they wanted to go do the first, they wanted to go do the first take to see if they could do it, and then they were gonna they were just gonna Photoshop it, but then the shot or DeAndre Hopkins just snatches it. Oh my gosh! On the first shot, on the first shot, he's a beast, man. Not, <laughs> I'm not surprised, yo. He's so good, yo. He's so good. yeah. So like when you see stuff like that, I just you know he's special. Imagine the co- imagine the concentration this guy had on the football field. Yeah, he's like, yeah. This guy, he's a stud, man. Absolutely special, and most importantly, he's he's rated 99 in Madden, so you know. That's that's big for him, yo. It's only like that, that one is, of like three players. Yes, yeah, huge, yo. It's huge. And, and he's dripping with the sauce. Yeah, he's dripping with so much sauce, man. He's I think he's <laughs> the most talented receiver in the league. Uh, there's actually a running like good luck charm for him in the league of extraordinary people. If you have him on your team, you seem to have like at least a top five finish. So <laughs> it's a correlation there for sure. Yeah, man. I mean. My, I mean, I know we're, we're going a little off topic here, but my favorite DeAndre Hopkins moment is uh, is the receiver coach for another team comes up to him and says, <laughs> "Oh, you're the best wide receiver in the league," and he just doesn't say anything. It looks mm-hmm. like like two seconds. He's like, yep. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> nah, so the guys, the guys are stud. Everybody knows it. He knows it. So when you're dripping with that much confidence, like, I mean, how could you not tap this guy? Yeah, he's he's good. All right, Greg. So, um, you know, we, we touched on on number two. Um, I guess I'll go to number two for myself because you and I have the same three, and I don't want to lose the people. Um, so I'll go to OBJ, man. He's my number two wide receiver, second behind DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I understand he's switching teams, but again, uh, I want to say uh, OBJ. When I say OBJ, I'm saying Cleveland. Browns wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, for people that don't know, OBJ. Um, but yeah, in his 59 career games, OBJ's 16 game pace is 169 targets, 106 catches, 1,485 yards, and 12 touchdowns. By the way, this is all with Eli Manning as the quarterback. Um, so he's he's still an otherworldly talent. He's only 26 years old, uh, and I'm not. And, Typically, I'm not a huge fan of wide receivers. Sorry, I'm about to edit that up. Uh, typically, I'm not a huge fan of wide receivers uh, switching teams unless they're getting a, a quarterback upgrade. Um, and uh, while people might point to talent around him and consider it a bad thing or you know say that's a negative, um, but honestly, I see a good situation. I, I see he has a he has a good quarterback. He has a talented running back in Nick Chubb. Uh, he has another talented wide receiver in Jarvis Landry. He's a tight end in, in David and Joku. So um, and these are all positives for me. I, I think this is an offense that has a lot of you know quality weapons and uh, that leads me to believe that things are gonna be a little bit easier for Odell. Uh, he's already accustomed to seeing that extra attention. He's he's you know been getting teams number one number one corners, he's been getting double teams, um, and and he's been still getting open. But now he has a quarterback that's gonna be able to get him the ball more consistently. You know, I I can't tell you how many Giants games I, I watched last year. I had Odell Beckham on my team. And, you know, the amount of times that he was just running open down the field or across the field or just standing there by himself. Screaming at my team. And Eli is just, you know, missing. Um, and so, you know, you know, we look at Odell. This is a receiver that's got a – in his career, he, or over the last three years, he averages a target share of 27.7%. 
So, you know, is it is it believable that he'll be able to get that in Cleveland? Probably not. But if you look at uh, Jarvis Landry last year, he had 24.4% uh, target share. Um, and I don't know. I know that, you know, you, you're big time Jarvis Landry trooper. Um, and you had him in a few leagues last year. But there was a stretch of, a stretch of five games um, or, you know, Jarvis was getting double-digit targets, and then there was a stretch where that kind of stopped. Um, so I went and took a look at that stretch, and, and during those five games, he was actually Jarvis Landry was getting 29% of those targets. Um, and and then if you look at those last seven down the stretch, he was getting 21%. So um, you, you know he was still hovering in the 20s, but they clearly uh, the offense uh, it, it clicked a little bit better when he wasn't the, the focal point. Um, and, and by the way, David Njoku had 15.5% of targets. Um, Nick Chubb had 8% of targets. Rashard, Rashard Higgins had 11.5% of the targets. Um, Duke Johnson took his 11% of the targets out the door. So, um, you know, I, I, those are up there for grabs. And, and I'm sorry, I don't I think that if um, Odell Beckham is on the football field and Freddie Kitchens and, and Todd Monken are there calling plays, I think that they're going to take some of the the chunk of the pie from David and Joker and the Char Higgins and, and give that remaining uh, along with what we saw from Duke Johnson going to Odell. Um, I mean, you know, I, I just I, I'm sorry, man. OBJ, he's a stud. He's always been a stud since he's since he's been in the league. Um, you know, the guys, he's he's a freak playing wide receiver. He's probably the, the you know the the most explosive person playing this position since Randy Moss. There's just so much to be said about this guy. Yeah, Odell's also the best dancer in the NFL as well. You know, he got the moves, man. You know, just to kind of go on your case about Odell being in that number two spot, why he's wide receiver six in fantasy points per game last season. And we talked about how bad that Giants offense was last year. Eli, again, being 30th in average depth per target. There's only 32 teams, so that was pretty bad. Um <laughs> Giants were also 29th in time of possession, and they were 25th in amount of plays from scrimmage. So, like, for him to do accomplish wide receiver six in fantasy points per game with that limited offense, it's, it's insane. It's a crazy number for him to break through that, and Baker's just only going to help him. Yeah, we talk, you talk about the targets. That's really my only concern for him. Is he going to get that 150 target number at 160 that the top guys get? Like Devonte and Diop. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand. I understand those concerns, but at the same time, you have already alluded to what he was able to, to kind of overcome uh, in his time with the Giants, right? So, um, if he's getting twenty-seven percent of those targets, um, and he's and he's still able to put up the numbers that he was putting, that he was putting up, um, and then now you you consider quality quarterback play. Uh, you know, I'll take the discount in targets. Um, but if, if the quality of, my, of the targets that he's receiving are low, you know, they're, they're coming with more fantasy points, then, then you know, I'll, I'll end up breaking. I shouldn't end up relatively breaking even with the target share. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. So yeah. I, I don't know. I just, when I'm, we, when we're sitting there at the, you know, at the, in December or January and we're looking at the list of, of wide receivers, um, and we, you know, we're looking at it points per game, um, I, I, it's just hard for me to not picture OBJ in the, in the top 
this is very, you know, as I was trying to make this list and I, I was really trying to keep OBJ off of it. And, you know, the last time, because we were kind of talking about this last week, and the last time he spoke to me, he wasn't, the first time he spoke to me, he wasn't in my top three. The second time he spoke to me, he was number three. Then, then, then by the time we're recording this, he's two. <laughs> I think if we had another week, I'd probably, probably be one. Yep. Yep. So, so, um, yeah, it's 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 really it's it's really hard to 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 bet against OBJ, man. I'm, I'm just not gonna do it. Yeah, uh, I think you made a good case for him. Let's let's just move on to number three. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping he finishes number two. Uh, I love the man. He's he's a great player. He's top three offensive talent in the league. Yeah, hands down. Yeah, hands down for sure. Um, all right, man. So number three, uh, we got the same guy. Probably. Um, you know, a little bit different than, than what you might see out there on um, other people's rankings, but uh, you know, you and I were on the same page on this one, Greg. So go ahead, tell them, tell them who number three is, bro. Yeah, Tyreek Hill, man. Like, so this guy, he finished wide receiver one in fantasy last year. Um, so it's really hard to ignore that fact. He had 87 receptions, 479 um, receiving yards with 12 touchdowns, uh, 137 targets. So he didn't get that. He didn't actually reach that 140 target number, but still finished wide receiver one, just to kind of help you out with that Odell point. Um, and he's by far the fastest receiver in the league. Uh, I think we should all go on change.org and get this official petition to get him in the Olympics next year. Um, I think, you know, he'd be great in Tokyo 2020. Uh, running that 100 meter, he, he's so fast. It's, it's crazy how much space receivers still give, cornerbacks uh, still give him, and he still blows by them every time. Um, he has the highest, you know, biggest boom, I think, in the NFL as far as a fantasy wide receiver. He's playing with the best fantasy quarterback in the league, so that correlates very well. He he won a lot of people championships last year, a lot of people weeks last year with that Patty Mahomes, especially if you had like a one-two stack with them. Um, he was six months receivers in air yards last year, and he led receivers in 20-yard-plus catches last season, so I just asked to why he's such a huge boom threat. Um, the only neg of him, the only reason why I have him after Devontae and D-Hop is that he does have that bust aspect with the boom. Um, he, he did have four single-digit fantasy points uh, point games last season. So having that from your number one wide receiver is tough sometimes if he gets you single digits in those games. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I mean, you already touched on you touched on the receiving totals. Um, you know, he he also added an additional 22 rushes for 151 yards and uh, another touchdown. And if, and if you play in, in a league that that provides you points for return yards, uh, he had an additional 213 punt return yards for another touchdown. So, so the guy is clearly um, he's 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 versatile. Um, he's used all over the offense. And I know you touched on him being used. To Either, but uh, part of the part of the thing uh, that makes him one of the toughest covers in the league is you don't know where he's going to be lined up at. <laughs> yeah, man. You, you know this guy's lined up at, at receiver. He's yep. lined up in the slot. He's lined up in the backfield. Mm -hmm. He's lined up in, in the back of the backfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy is all over the place. Though. And uh, Andy Reid, he's you know he's he's a genius. He knows how to use him. They, the way they use him around the goal line, you know, hiding him behind offensive linemen and giving him those little 
those little touch passes, those little touch passes are, are handoffs. They're worth half a point. Yep. Half a point at least. Absolutely. So, um, if he's getting those, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, and then, you know, you already touched on it. He's playing with Patrick Mahomes. This is the number one wide receiver in fantasy. So, or number one quarterback in fantasy. The consensus number one quarterback in fantasy. So, you know, his, his number one wide receiver is available. That guy should go in the top five in fantasy of all, of all wide receivers. Um, he was... He, he was third in the league last year with 38.1% of his air yards. Right? And it's behind only Julio and DeAndre Hopkins. So, again, um, Pat Mahomes, Bazooka of an arm, um, and Tyreek Hill's getting 38.1% of air yards. Um, but, you know, <laughs> like you touched on it, he's a boomer bust receiver. Uh, he's a boomer bust fantasy player. You know, there's going to be highs, and there's going to be lows. Um, in, in seven games last year, right, or seven times last year, he finished as uh, a wide receiver, as a wide receiver one. So right in the top 12, the top 12 of fantasy wide receivers. Those finishes, wide receiver, the wide receiver one, the wide receiver one, the wide receiver one, the wide receiver one, <laughs> uh, wide receiver eight, and wide receiver ten. Yeah, man. Right? Uh, actually, yeah, I missed one. He had so five wide receiver one finishes. If I didn't say that's crazy, and those wide receiver so five, one finishes are like huge, like five. Those win you week, yeah. And 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 they're 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 huge in a sense of like we're not talking about twenty game twenty points here. We're talking about yeah, we're, five, we're, 30, we're, 30 points here, right? So you know these 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 are really weak winning weeks that he's having. Um, but then again, right. You know, you look at his bottom seven, right? Wide receiver 28, wide receiver 28, <laughs> wide receiver 39, mm-hmm. wide receiver 40, wide receiver 50, wide receiver 50, wide receiver 62, right? There's guys on the waiver wire that are going to be there. Yeah. But those guys don't have the number one wide receiver upside. Um, and then, so, again, you know, to kind of put that all in perspective, you know, 44% of his games as a wide receiver. Right, that's the same as D Hop and Michael Thomas. Right, two of the most consistent guys last year. But he's a wide receiver one or two, just fifty six percent of the time. Right, so that's that's um, you know, D Hop's getting what almost sixty eight percent. Devontae Adams is getting that that metric ninety three percent of the time. So he's only getting like fifty six percent of the time. But where he's different than Presley is while DeAndre Hopkins will not get you will only get your wide receiver one or two 69 percent of the time that other 31 percent of the time he's getting you wide receiver three right 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 not tyree kill <laughs> tyree kill he's finished outside the top 36 and he finished outside the top 36 and 31 percent of his games last year right so that's a, that's a, Super that's a really high number um but at the same time right those wide receiver one weeks those winning weeks those outside wide receiver three weeks, those lose you weeks. Um, and, and so that's why I kind of, uh, I know we talked about it a little bit off air, but um, that's why I kind of look as my, at my wide receiver position as a whole. Uh, I try to stabilize the whole position, right? So if I draft a player like Tyreek Hill, who I know has this astronomical ceiling, but this, this floor that I know can just disappear on any given day, um, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna stabilize my wide receiver position by by drafting another wide receiver that's a little bit more consistent with 
that's a little bit more consistent. Say like a Robert Woods mm-hmm. in round in round three, right? I'm gonna draft him because uh, I know that I'll get week to week consistency from him, and I know that I'm gonna have my my, my boom upside from Tyreek Hill. And now I've kind of built this floor and this ceiling into my wide receiver position. Yeah, and that's and, a really and good. It allows problem. you to, it allows you to feel a whole lot better about the position as a whole. Um, so again, yeah, even if you're picking at the end of first, even if you're picking at the end of the first round, or you, you know, beginning of the second, and you took a receiver in that, in, you know, at the end of that first round, um, you know, then then pairing with Ty, then pairing with Tyree Kill, that might not be a bad idea, um, honestly. So, yeah, I mean, I, that's it, man. He's he's number three, and, and for me, all has to do with Pat Mahomes and, and the amount of upside this guy has on any given Sunday. Yeah, man, Patty does it for him. Does it for that entire offense. That Chiefs offense is someone you need at least one or two players of stock in. Yeah, more might be more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely more than that. Um, all right, so let's let's move let's move forward with the breakout wide receivers, man. I mean, I'll I'll start here. Uh, I got I got Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Christian Kirk. Captain um, Kirk. Captain Kirk, second year wide receiver. Um, like we said, uh, um, you know, episode one, kind of like to target those those second and third year wide receivers or potential breakouts. Uh, and Christian Kirk kind of fits that bill. Um, so before breaking his foot last year, uh, he was on a 16 game pace for 57 catches, 787 yards, and four touchdowns through 12 games. And I know that doesn't sound great, but that's that would have put him at basically a wide receiver three. Um, and that's essentially where he's being drafted at right now. Uh, so, he, you know, he's kind of being drafted at the floor. If you look at it, you know, he's going in the seventh round as wide receiver 32. Um, and I don't know if, you know, some people may not be familiar with the Arizona Cardinals. I know they, you know, maybe they, they, weren't, they weren't in a lot of primetime games that people didn't see them, but they were really, they were really bad. Yeah, man. Um, they were really bad. Uh, there was a reason why they ended up with the number one pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. There was a reason why they were the worst team in the NFL. Um, last year, the Cardinals were second to last in total number of plays run with 902 plays. And um, that's actually the second lowest. Um, they, again, they were they were second last year, and that's the second lowest total in the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> in the last 10 years, only only one other team has run less plays than the two the 2018 Um and and the league just to put that in perspective, the league average last year was a thousand and seven plays. So they um yeah they were they were really bad from that standpoint. Um and they were last in, in third down conversion rate. So um they not only were they not running a lot of plays, but the reason they weren't running a lot of plays is because they couldn't stay on the field. They couldn't convert third downs. Uh, they were last in red zone attempts with 28. Uh, they were the only team to have to not have at least 30 red zone attempts. Uh, they gave up the sixth most sacks in the NFL, uh, and they were last in the NFL in points per game. Uh, so you were still getting somehow out of that terrible situation. You still were getting wide receiver three production at Christian Kirk. Um, and when I look. To him being a breakout, um, you know, to me, it starts with Cliff, with Cliff Kingsbury, who I, who I spoke about uh, when, we, when we talked about Kyler Murray. Um, but, again, his air raid offense, it's, it's all about the pace of play and the number of plays being run so that 
I would I would anticipate that they're going to run a lot more than that 902 plays that they ran. Um, and it's it's a creative offense. It's, it's going to be flooding the field with wide receivers. It's going to be getting people in space. Um, Christian Kirk is one of the he was one of the the drafts in 20, coming out in 2018, he was one of the drafts top uh, punt returners. And if you look at uh, college punt returners, they tend to translate the best um, from a receiver position, from a receiver standpoint, into the NFL um, because their ability with yards after catch and their agility and things like that um, that allow them to be a good, a great college punt returner kind of tra- translates from an athleticism standpoint to the receiver position. And uh, Christian Kirk was one of the best return men in, 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 the, uh, in, the, in the draft class last year. And he proved to be one of the best receivers. He, he played in a similar style of offense, uh, similar to this air raid offense at Texas A&M. Um, you know, so the, the guy, he's, he's going to be comfortable. He can play inside. He can play outside. Um, reports out of Arizona are saying that he's, he's the best wide receiver on the field. There's still a there's still a Hall of Fame a Hall of Fame player uh, named Larry Fitzgerald that's playing uh, football at a high level in Arizona. So um, I, you know I, I I pay attention to to that to those things being said. Um, and then also I didn't even I didn't even touch on the quarterback yet, right? Like you and I, you know, we both love Kyler Murray. Yep. We both love uh, what he could do this year. Um, and just to put in some context to what Christian Kirk was dealing with last year. Arizona Cardinals quarterbacks were 29th in attempts, 30th in completion percentage, or 57.2, uh, 32nd in passing yards, 31st in passing touchdowns, and they threw the fifth most interceptions in the NFL with 18. So if Christian Kirk could just get average quarterback <laughs> production, right? If he can get average quarterback production and average pace of play, then just naturally his 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 production should positively improve. Right? So um I, I just I, I think that you know first year in, in Cliff Kingsbury's offense, um, you know Kyler Murray being here, uh, you know, who we're both expecting to break out and, and, and as, a, as a really talented quarterback and really you know, lift uh, lift the floor of this Arizona offense. And, you know I I look no further than Christian Kirk as, as the primary beneficiary. Yeah, you hit it uh, right on the head there. I don't think there's really anything to add for Captain Kirk. Um, not Kirk Cousins, Christian Kirk. So <laughs> uh, just move on, I guess, to my breakout. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Chris Godwin this year. Uh, I know that's a nice. little popular uh, breakout, but he's going ADP wide receiver 18 right now, so around the late fourth round. Um, I just think, again, the this offense should be better. I mean, offense should be actually the same. As last year, they were uh, one of the top passing offenses in the league. And Chris Godwin is going to have more opportunity this year. 30% of the target share is gone with uh, DJX being gone back on the Eagles and also Adam Humphreys not being there. That was 177 targets um, that needs to be filled. So you would expect Chris Godwin's numbers to go up in that uh, scenario. Um, again, Bruce Arians is only going to help him more. He's going to probably develop him more and put him in better opportunities. Um, in those six games without DJX, he has at least 98 receiving yards in, in half those games. So, you know, you see the positive numbers without Deshaun Jackson. I think Chris Collins is going to take that step. Um, well, right now he's being 
rated as a low end wide receiver too. I think you know by next year or by the end of this year we could we'll see him as a guy you're talking about as a, a low end wide receiver one potentially. So I think Chris Godwin is a, a good pick, a good pick for Jameis, and uh, should help teams throughout the way. Yeah, no, I really like that one, man. Uh, Chris Godwin. You know, he's currently going off the board as wide receiver 18 uh, in the fourth round. Uh, I think that's kind of his – he's kind of being drafted, you know, right about at his ceiling, I would say, you know. Like, um, you know, is he going to finish in the, in that top 12 of wide receivers? I mean, I think he has the potential to say Brandon Cooks was to maybe bust a little bit. Um, you really, I know Judy Allen is going to be there. I think he's going to be super um, consistent. Stefan Diggs will also fall from that spot, I think. So I think mm-hmm. he has a, a chance to jump a couple guys uh, in that area. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe when it's all said and done, he'll probably settle around, you know, 15 to that 20 range. Mm-hmm. But I think where he's going right now is I'm perfectly okay with it. You're, you're, you're banking on upside when you draft a guy like Chris Godwin um, in, in the, at the end of the fourth round. He showed us what he was capable of last year. He was he was um, in and out of the uh, in and out of people's fantasy lineups last year. Uh, I know that every time, any time a uh, Tampa Bay wide receiver is set to miss any time, Chris Godwin is the, is the first person to be added at the receiver position. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean he's he's a stud. I, I I was a fan of him coming out of Penn State. I think it was Penn State, um, but either way, I was coming out. You know, guys, really good athlete, um, you know, almost a freak of nature in that sense. Um, yeah, it was Penn State. He's almost a freak of nature in that in that sense. Um, you know, big, you know, physical receiver. And Bruce Arians has had success with that position in the past in his offenses. Um, and you know, he says that. Chris Godwin's going to play the slot role, so, um, you know, maybe that, that'll bring more targets his way. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah I, I like Chris Godwin a lot, man. Uh, you know, I, I just – I think the point of where I'm drafting in Knox right now, um, I don't think he's, he hasn't been falling to me all that much. I know I got him in a, in a ton of best ball leagues um, at that ADP, so, yeah. Chris Godwin, he's he's a really good um, pick for a breakout. Uh, another guy I kind of have, you know, I was going back and forth between Christian Kirk and this guy, um, but you know, give him an honorable mention here is uh, Curtis Samuel. Um, he's going in the eighth round. Um, in the BX, you're. Yep, from the Bronx. Yeah. So you know, that's, that's Greg's Greg's hometown. That's where he reps. So. You know, but Curtis Samuel, I mean, he he's this guy was a really good athlete. Um, he originally went to Ohio State as a as a running back. Um, he got stuck there behind a really talented guy named Zeke Elliott. So um, they were like, "Hey, why don't you move over to wide receiver?" Uh, he was playing uh, that he was playing the Percy Harvin role for a little bit in that offense, um, but he was still drafted highly. He was drafted in the second round. Um, by the Carolina Panthers back in 2016 or 2017 rather, um, and he was he started to come on at the end of his rookie year, but then he broke his ankle um, and, and 
last year he came he came on to the scene um, and he, he had a really good he had a really good season. Uh, he, he came in as a, as a reliable target for uh, as a reliable target for Cam Newton. Um, and you know currently DJ Moore, his teammate, is being drafted ahead of him uh, in the fifth round, at the end of the fifth round, and picked as wide receiver twenty five. So you're getting almost almost a, about a round and a half discount there um, to Curtis Samuel, who's going off the board as wide receiver 35. Uh, I, I fully expect him to to break through um, the top the top 30 of wide receivers for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, he's he's definitely going to break out this year. I, I'm, I'm banking on that. Yeah, I, I expect. Cam to have a really good season. He's one of my uh, sleeper quarterbacks. I think that, you know, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are going to, you know, get beneficiaries of that, you know, Cam increase. So I think that's a good pick there for honorable mention breakout. So I guess we move on to the bus. Yeah, let's do this bus. All right, man, I'll jump jump right into it. Kenny G, Kenny Galladay, Detroit Lions, obviously. That's my bus. Oh man. And that one kind of hurts because I've been on Kenny G since since he got drafted um, in, the, in the fourth round by the Detroit Lions. Um, you know, we're talking about a wide receiver here that, that's 6'4, 10. He runs a 4'4. Um, you know, the guy's a physical freak. Um, you know, people were kind of, uh, when he got drafted, I People were kind of saying, "Do the Lions just get their, you know, their next Calvin Johnson?" That's a little, a little too much, if you ask me. Baby but, Tron, yeah. Yeah, Baby Tron. That's what they call him out <laughs> there in Detroit, Baby Tron. Um, but yeah, Kenny G, man, he's, you know, I'm just want to preface this by saying he's a really good wide receiver. He's a really good athlete. He's a really good prospect. I, I, I really like him as a player. Um, if you have him in dynasty leagues, uh, you just hold on to him and just hope that the quarterback situation gets better. Um, but the reason he's my bust is that if you look at the Detroit Lions um, under, so they just recently uh, let go of a former offensive coordinator, Jim Bob Cooter. Um, and Jim Bob Cooter was the Lions OC um, from 2015 to 2018. So that's about four seasons. And during those four seasons, the Lions averaged 593 pass attempts per season. Um, that's the seventh highest total during. Um, and so the the new Lions OC is actually former Vikings and Seahawks OC Daryl Bevel. Um, and if you look at Daryl Bevel's time in Seattle, which is during that same time frame, time frame, or not during the same time frame, but if you look at just the, the time from 2015 to 2017, um, I don't have 2018 here because he was fired after the 2017 <laughs> season, rather let go. He averaged 537. So about um, 50 or 60 less pass attempts, right? And also during that time, um, Jim Bob Cooter averaged 63.3% pass. Um, that was the, the pass rate for the Detroit Lions as as, as as he was calling their plays. But during neutral game script, right, so when the, when the score was tied, he was 60% pass, right? Um, and that was actually last year was his lowest year in the last four years um, as he was down to 53.2% in neutral games, right? 
So that was actually down from his average of like 62.3%. But basically what I'm getting at is Jim Bob Cooter loved to throw the football. Um, he, 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 he was 60% pass and neutral game script, and he was, you know, 63% pass in the total game script. Um, and Matt Patricia let him go, right? Um, and then he went and hired an OC in Darrell Bevel, who in his career as an offensive play caller, the offenses he oversees averaged 495 pass attempts. His offenses in nine seasons as a play caller average of, have a 53.2% pass rate. And during that span, his teams run the ball 48% of the time in neutral game script. So he's the complete opposite of Jim Bob Cooter, right? So when you consider all of this, right, I can I think this is going to be a down year for Kenny G, strictly from a volume standpoint. Um, like I said, I still love the player. I think he's extremely talented, but I just don't see the volume being there for him this year. And if we're not getting the volume, then we're going to need efficiency. And efficient is something that Matt Stafford has never really been. So I'm not going to, um, you know, I'm not going to draft Kenny Galladay uh, and expect him to then all of a sudden, you know, still produce the level he was producing last year. And then just to, to remind you, because I, I forgot this myself, but um, Marvin Jones is still on this team, right? Yes. Um, and there's a ta- and Marvin Jones is talented, and he's no slouch, right? He's got a, a very similar skill set to Kenny Galladay, right? They're both big, they're both tall, they're both athletic. Um, they they both can jump through the gym, so like. And I know there's concern, right, because Marvin Jones went out last year with a knee injury. Um, he only played the first nine games of the season. But Greg, I'm a, I'm just gonna, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Let me hear. Let me hear. So during that nine game stretch, right? Um, mm-hmm. Kenny Galladay. Or, during that nine game stretch, uh, Kenny Galladay was on pace for. 108 targets, 69 catches, 1,068 yards, and seven touchdowns. Okay, that's, that's, that's all right. It's like, you right? know, low-end wide receiver two numbers, wide yeah. receiver three, yeah. Yeah, during that same stretch, right, during those same nine games, Marvin Jones was on pace, right? 110 targets, 62 catches, 903 yards, and nine touchdowns. They're essentially the same stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So I look at this, and I'm like, okay, so the two of them are basically splitting targets, right? They're each getting 50, 50% of a 37% target share, right? Um, and and one of those players is going off the board as the 411, as wide receiver 19, and the other one's going off the board as 801, as the wide receiver 33. Wow, wow. So if I had if I have to invest in this pass game offense, which I really don't want to do, but if I had to invest in it, I'm gonna invest in, in the in the wide receiver who's coming cheaper. Yeah, definitely. Give right. Marvin Jones for, for so, sure. so I'm I, I'm sorry. I, I'm not gonna pay a fourth round price for Kenny Galladay. I'm not gonna draft him as the 19th wide receiver off the board. Um, especially when you consider the fact that I can get the same quality of targets, um, the same potential opportunity for targets at half the price. Um, and and the one thing I will say though is that if Marvin Jones or or Kenny G were to go down, then the other one would be in line for a major bump in targets. Because Kenny G during the six games that 
he had he played without Marvin Jones, he had a thirty percent target share. Yeah, it's a top number. So, so, so Matt Stafford was basically like, "Oh, well, I have another twelve percent of target. I have eighteen percent of targets <laughs> for Marvin Jones. So here, here, you take twelve percent of them, right? So, um, if, if if that happens, then then I'm then I'm more I'd be more inclined to to pivot to one of these wide receivers. But, um, yeah, I mean, with with Matt Patricia trying to push his offense to a, a more run-heavy offense. We're expecting on Johnson to finish him. Mm-hmm. Um, probably to be a top-12 running back. So if, if all those things are going to happen, then, then the volume is going to have to come from somewhere. Those targets are going to have to come from somewhere. And I think Kenny G suffers from that. Yeah, um, it's pretty good points, especially with that next-level offensive coordinator analysis right there. Uh, so... I think that's that was a pretty solid choice. For for my bus, I'm gonna go ahead and go with Calvin Ridley. Um his ADP right now is at wide receiver twenty-four. So that's like the middle of the fifth round he's going right now. Um the reason why I just have him as my bus, he's just had not a lot of good uh games last year as far as double figures, as far as fantasy points. Um you expect the receiver to make that leap in his second year. Um, but as far as last year, he played in all sixteen games. And he had nine single-figure, single-digit games, so nine games under double figures. Uh, so he has a really wide range of outcomes. And if you know that fourth or fifth round, I don't think I'm want to take a guy that's going to have such a wide range of uh, you know outcome. And he's being drafted basically as a wide receiver too. Um, so I, I think you can find someone safer around that area, like a or and even someone with a more established role like a DJ Moore or like Alshon Jeffrey, who are going around that area. Um, Calvin Ridley is still behind Julio Jones, who's the number one guy in that area. He's the top five receiver. Got Devontae Freeman, who's going to take away some receptions from him as well. And then Austin Hooper, who's in a contract year, um, one of those tight end sleepers that we might be talking about in the future. And I just think Calvin Ridley's not worth that wide receiver two price. So, Yeah. Um... Calvin really is tricky because you know you, you want to look at you want to see a guy with an with, you know, opportunity in an offense. You see a guy that you know he's he's in a high scoring offense, and like we've been saying, we want a piece of that. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's totally within the range of outcomes, and that's one of the things that we have to consider as fantasy owners is the range of outcomes, um, because. Calvin Ridley, yes, he's a good player. Calvin Ridley, yes, he's in a good offense. But Calvin Ridley also shares a role with the Hawkinson. Right. Guys like DJ Moore, guys like Alshon Jeffrey, the guys that you were alluding to before, those guys, those guys have a defined role. Yeah, right? but, okay. like you like you said, Calvin like Calvin really doesn't have a defined role. Now if you if if Dan Quinn were to tell me, hey, Calvin Ridley's gonna take every snap of our number two receiver, he's gonna be the, the the focal point of our offense after after uh, Julio Jones, then yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have it. You know, there's there's no guarantee of that. Um, and hey, look, man, it's it's totally within the realm of possibility. It's totally within the uh, it's totally within the range of outcomes. Calvin Ridley just blows the roof off this wide receiver to this wide receiver to ADP, right? Like, you know, he could he could finish in that top. You know, 18 of all of all of fantasy wide receivers. And, and to me, it has to do with just his situation. Right? You look at 
the offense that he's in with a quarterback like Matt Ryan, um, with a wide receiver like Julio Jones, and the division that they're playing in the NFC South, where they play teams like the Saints and Tampa Bay and Carolina, and they're going to be involved in a lot of high-scoring games. And I think uh, you and I, we, we, we were kind of looking at it earlier this, uh, this summer, but uh, I think this is the most games that, that Matt Ryan's going to end up playing in the Dome, or he's playing most of his games in the Dome this year. Um, and his his numbers in the Dome are, are, are better. Um, and so there's a there's an opportunity for some more upside there. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I remember saying I'm definitely going to take that Atlanta Falcons kicker, yo. That's all those yeah, deep kicks. Yeah, exactly. On next episode, deep sleeper kicker. Deep sleeper kicker. Um, no, but yeah, so, I mean, just imagine, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want Julio to get hurt, but imagine if, um, you know, Julio were to go down in this offense, what kind of role would there be for Kyle Murray? You know, and, and what would we be talking about then, right? Like, I think we'd be, we'd, like, I think wide receiver one, wide, I mean, that's definitely in the, in the outcome at that point, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, if he's a, a huge wide receiver handcuff. If Julio was to go down, he'd be the best wide receiver left, I guess, talent wise in that offense. So you have to be a focal point in, in the passing game for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, the only again, like the like the like the thing we kind of talked about his numbers last year. Um, a lot of them, you know, ten touchdowns on, on sixty four catches. That's not sustainable. <laughs> um. You know, like, yeah, I just, yeah. It's, it's not. I just, yeah, I don't, for sure. yeah. Stuff you know, that's, that's, an, that's an outlier right there. Like, I mean, and he had five of them in, in two weeks alone, you know, um, between weeks three and four. That's 50% of his touchdowns right there. Yeah, DJ Moore is going after him. Um, Alshon Jeffries is going after him, like I said. Dante Pettis is going after him. So, yeah, Allen Robinson is going after him, who's a number one receiver on his team. So, yeah, um, just some guys that – you know, you could look at maybe uh, ahead of Calvin Ridley, even though he's gone ahead of those guys in ADP. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely by far the highest drafted second year wide receiver, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, DJ so. DJ Moore right behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I think that's a little bit more repeat what, what DJ Moore did last year, a little bit more repeatable than what Calvin Ridley did. Yep. So. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I have to agree with you on that one. It's hard to argue there. All right, man. Let's. I guess let's jump into into the sleepers, man. And, and yo, this list could get so long. Yeah, it man. can. There's like, countless names. It it really could get so long. And, and what it kind of reminded me was that, and and you know, we go through this. At least I know I go through this personally every year, trying to find receivers in the draft, and then, um, and and it not panning out, or you know, trying to find this next breakout receiver. Um, but one of the things I realized um, in, in years past is that one of the, the receiver position is is probably one of the easiest positions to pick up a random person off the waiver wire and kill them. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, again, there's, it's not just pick up a random person. There's there's got to be a process to it, right? You look, you want to look for for guys that are in high scoring offenses and, and high scoring over unders um, that might have potential to catch to catch a touchdown. Um, you know, so you got to look at the guys' situations, but you know there have been plenty times where I've been able to pick up a wide receiver off the waiver wire and start them. 
So, you know, a lot of the guys that I guess we'll kind of name in this the sleeper section, um, while, you know, they may not be every week's starters at wide receiver, um, you know, these are guys that probably should flash um, at different points, at various points throughout the season, right? So, um, but yeah, let's jump into it. I got, uh, as my my first sleeper, I got Eagles wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he's still one of the best deep threats in the entire NFL. Yeah. Uh, he holds the NFL record for the most 60-yard touchdowns at 24. Wow. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty good. 24. So he's he's clearly explosive. Yeah. Um, in half-point PPR leagues, Deshaun Jackson has never had a season in which he's averaged less than eight points per eight fantasy points per game. So, um, you know, you're, you're getting a, a nice floor from him. Uh, again, he's he's kind of got that Tyreek Hill to him where he's got that boomer bust. Mm-hmm. Um, he might, he'll, he will, there will be times where he ends up at the stat line of like, you know, further. I mean, at least those times have come up in the past, um, but he's he's had games of like three catches for 94 yards, no touchdown. three catches for 94 yards, no touchdown, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, it's it's really going to be those big touchdown weeks where he's, he's going to help you out the most. But uh, frankly, I just like the offensive situation. He's in with Doug Peterson calling plays. Carson Wentz, who's my number three quarterback, is throwing him the ball. Uh, and, and then the way the Eagles have been talking, the Eagles are talking about uh, trying to use him on a variety of different routes. You're trying to use him closer to the line of scrimmage, trying to use him on jet sweeps and, and those tap passes that, that we see in Kansas City. Um, so it sounds like he'll be involved in the, in the offense. Uh, and, you know, they I, kind of, I touched on this in the quarterback breakdown, but Philadelphia has been trying to get a deep threat in there. Uh, whether it was Mike Wallace last year or trying to trade for Robbie Anderson last year or, or um, they had Torrey Smith in here a few years ago. Um, all in all, they've been trying to get a deep threat. And I, I, in the last year, or the first opportunity they were able to get, they signed Deshaun Jackson. So, um, yeah, I, 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 see this as a, I see this as a plus for him. And then you consider the fact that he's going at the end of the ninth round as, as wide receiver 43, right? So, um, I want a piece of this offense, and I'm going to take the piece that has the most upside, especially if it's the cheapest. Um, you know, he's going after, when you consider where he's going compared to other Eagles pass catchers, Zach Ertz is going in the third round, rightfully so. Alshon Jeffrey going in the sixth round, rightfully so. Um, but then, why is Jordan Howard getting drafted? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just, if I want a piece of this offense, I'm, I'm going to go get the one that's cheap. I'm going to go get the one that has the most upside. And and by the way, right, like like I mentioned in the last pod with with um with Peyton Barber, uh, Deshaun Jackson doesn't have to be your every week starter, right? You could easily start Deshaun Jackson for the first few weeks, right? They got a high over under in, the, in week one against uh, the Redskins. Uh, against the Redskins, they're going to be uh, I think they're almost nine point favorites in that game. Yeah. Um, and you know, just a little, a little DFS preview. Week one, I'm slamming Deshaun Jackson all day. DFS uh, previews, because, <laughs> cause, uh, every highlight I've seen out of Redskins camp is Josh Norman just getting toasted. Oh, no. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spam Deshaun Jackson in my lineups week one. Um, but yeah, after that week one performance, if you could try to, you know, swing him in a trade. Um, Try to get a, a more solidified wide receiver than 
that show did, man. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay on this price. Yeah, I, I definitely like D-Jax. It's just good to see him back in an Eagles uniform, I think. That's it just feels been. right, man. Yeah, it just feels right. Chip Kelly got blew that team up, got rid of all those guys, man. He he deserves to be an Eagle, man. I was saying today, man, they need to go trade for they need to go trade for LaShawn McCoy, man. Facts. Yeah, bring Shady back. Yo, get him back. <laughs> go, go get Vic, too. Go sign Vic. Yeah, right? Go get him Vic. You probably be like offensive coordinator. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Quarterback's coach. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That was, that was a good pick for sure. Um. But my sleepers is guys that stand out to me. Main guy, definitely D.D. Westbrook. He's going as wide receiver 40 right now in the ninth round. He's a super fast guy. He's a guy that's very favorable in PPR leagues. So we're playing a half point. But if you're in a full-point PPR league, D.D.'s definitely a guy that you want to have on your radar for sleeper. He put up solid numbers with Blake Borders at quarterback. Remember Blake Bortles, like one of the worst starting quarterbacks in, uh, you know, football last season and, you know, when he since he's been drafted. So if he is able to get targeted 101 times um, and he scored over double digit fantasy points in seven games last season with Blake Bortles, you give me Nick Foles now, you just have to expect a, a great improvement, some type of improvement, definitely with Nick Foles at the helm. At, he should help the passing game downfield. So. D.D. Westbrook has his road to find. Um, I know he's working with Nick Foles. And if you're going to tell me I can get a potential, you know, guy that can get over 100 targets for a guy that's going in the ninth round, give me that all day. Um, another guy, I think, Geronimo Allison. Um, he's going as wide receiver 38. And he's going to be that primary slot guy for the Packers offense. Um, his role is defined in the slot. And he can be one of those, you know, late-round guys that, Kind of reminds me of like the Tyler Boyd role uh, coming in, being drafted very late and can help your team, you know, get some good plays at the flex position. Well, while you are talking about John Allison, yeah, I have to counteract that point with someone who's going right after him, someone who's <laughs> on the same team as him. That is Marquez Valdez. <laughs> yeah, they're going How to be like 38 and 39. Yeah. yeah, 38, 39, 807 versus 811. Um, but yes, draft Geronimo Allison and leave me Marquez Dallas every time. <laughs> We're talking about a guy. He is 6'4, 211, runs 4'3. Um, the guy was he was he was running as Aaron Rodgers, number two wide receiver all last year. Um, and, and Aaron Rodgers has been talking to him all offseason. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. If, if I'm going to take a price, if I'm going to pay the same price, I'm going to take the one with the, with the higher upside. Um, but hey, if you're in a if you're in a half point or a full point PPR league, and and uh, and uh, you know, Geronimo Allison is there, I, you know, I probably see it. But hey, you know what? This is the beauty of fantasy football, Greg. Right? We don't have to agree. <laughs> you could like Geronimo. I could like Marquez. That's true, man. You draft him, I'll draft Marquez, and we'll see who wins in the end. We'll see who wins in the end of the season. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be talking all my trash because you know my man Geronimo is gonna get higher fantasy points than Marquez Valdez Gallon this year, you know. So yeah, I mean those those games of eight catches for like 64 yards is pretty useful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're expecting that Packers offense to be better for them to get more red zone opportunities, like I was saying before. So that touchdown number could just come up, man. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, and to this point, right, it's, it's, you know, we don't know, right? Like, you and I, we're sitting here, we have an opinion, 
right? That's based on what, uh, you know, based on research that we've done, the film that we've watched, right? Like the, the news that we're reading and hearing. But at the end of the day, um, this is all a crapshoot. <laughs> we're all guessing, yeah. right? And um, it's about the process, though, within the guess, right? Because the process here is, you know, we're looking at wide receiver in a, in a Packers offense that's attached to Aaron Rodgers. One of these two guys is going to be the number two receiver. Yep. Um, and we know that that job, what it could be worth. So at the eighth round, you know, plant your flag and, and, and you know, hope that your guy pans out to be the guy that, um, you know, that's going to that's gonna break out for you and just hope that you were right. But, you know, you could listen to, you could listen to myself, you could listen to Greg, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have to be the one that's going to have to hit draft. Or you're going to have to be the one that's going to have to hit submit on the lineup. So, um, you know, take ownership of, of your team. But, um, you know, Greg, uh, I, I like to think that uh, your fantasy draft and your fantasy decisions should kind of reflect your personality. And, um, you know, Greg is a little bit uh, – he's a little more risk-averse than I am. Yep, I would so, say so for sure, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Greg, he is going for a, a little bit of a safer floor here than, than I necessarily would. You know me, I'm trying to swing for the fences. Um, but you know that, that's that's to our personalities, you know. And, and, and you know, I suggest I suggest that you guys all, all out there listening, you guys all do the same. Yeah, that's pretty good advice, definitely for draft. Maybe a little teaser to our draft people uh, coming soon. Um, and another guy, lastly, Marquise Goodwin. I talked about you heard in the QB episode. Jimmy G is one of my sleepers, um, and I think with Dante Pettis, Marquise Goodwin is going to be a beneficiary from that success that Jimmy G is going to have. He's going as wide receiver 63 <laughs> in the 14th round. Like, he's going super late. That's the guy you're just at the end of the draft, like, looking. And if I can get a guy that's going to have a possible wide receiver, like, one or two role in that offense, um, you get, you got to give me that. He's received over 100 targets previously in his career so he has um some like low-end you know wide receiver three wide receiver two potential to get in the 14th round yeah i i, I couldn't i couldn't agree with you more on that one man. Um, you know marquis marquis good one you know you know we could be talking about the, the 49ers number one receiver here he's basically going for free yeah um yeah I, I mean while we're down here i had a i had a few other guys too i wanted to i wanted to kind of touch on um, as potential sleepers, and again, this this kind of just reminds me the wide receiver position is very deep. So deep, um, you know. Every every week, there's going to be someone out producing uh, their their rank, their position in the rankings, right? You know, significantly out producing. Um, there's going to be some number three wide receiver on a team that's going to cap, that's going to go off for a touchdown, two touchdowns, or have a huge game. Um, you know, you know. So that's just the nature of the position. It's extremely volatile. Um, but there are useful guys here in this range. So, um, you know, one of the guys I got to go to, um, about to beat, about to go a little homer here, but uh, New York Jets wide receiver, James mm. Crowder. <laughs> um, this guy is going in the 13th round. Um, I get it. He plays for the New York Jets. So naturally his ADP has got to be cut in half of what <laughs> it actually would be. <laughs> um, so, you know, but this guy, he, he's he's a slot, he's a slot target machine. Um, you know, he he's 
former Redskins wide receiver who signed a three-year deal with the Jets worth like nine and a half million dollars a year. And again, follow the money. He's the second highest paid or the highest paid wide receiver on that team. Um, granted, the general manager that gave him that contract is not in the building anymore, but Adam Gase seems to love him. Um, you know, I'm really plugged in with the Jets, Craig. You know, I'm watching all those press conferences. Yeah, you're basically a pseudo beat <laughs> writer yourself. <laughs> um, but he, he, all the reports have been that he's been Sam Donald's favorite target since the spring. Um, and that's come to fruition all through now, right? Now that we've entered the preseason, um, you know, in, even in the preseason game, Jameson, Jameson Crowder had uh, two targets for. 30-something yards and a touchdown. Um, so he caught the, the Jets' first touchdown in the preseason. Um, him and him and Darnold have, have seemed to have pretty good chemistry right now. And I know, um, you know, I got a little I got a little flack for not making Sam Darnold uh, <laughs> sleeper in, in the quarterback episode. Um, you know, I have a good reason for that. Um, they, you know, I mean, you know, let me give him some love right now. Yeah, please, please. Uh, yeah, man. So basically, my guy Sam. Um, he's coming the second year of the off or second year in the NFL uh, playing quarterback position for uh, I think what this is now his fifth year playing quarterback in his life. Um, guys, uh, twenty just recently turned twenty two years old. Um, you know, but everybody in that building, everybody that has any has said anything about him, has said that he's he's really taken to this offense. Um, that he 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 really seems. Uh, dialed in, he's focused. He's, he's he's his arm looks live, he looks stronger. Um, he's he's got better chemistry with Robbie Anderson. He's going in the sixth round of drafts right now. I I, I just I didn't want to put him on the breakout list, but um, I, I I couldn't bring myself to do it. He's already going pretty high as wide, as wide receiver thirty. Um, but just naturally, if I feel that Sam Darnold's going to have uh, a really good year, uh, I think that that's gonna I think that's going to but, uh, mean well for the weapons around him, right? So, uh, Jameson Crowder, Robbie Anderson. I just, I just like Jameson Crowder. Um, I have him on this list. I like him a little bit more because of the draft price, right? We're talking about thirteenth round, and Robbie Anderson going in the, in the sixth round, um, and Jameson Crowder. Uh, for all you, you high floor people, I'm talking to you, Greg. Um, Jameson Crowder is going to be a consistent week week to week target for Sam Donald. Um, he'll get you six to eight targets a week mm. which will you know sit which will come along with six to eight catches so if you're playing in a full point PPR league that's that's gold right there that is um and you know one of the problems that this Jets offense had last year is their ability to convert third downs um Sam Darnold actually saw um some of the 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 longest third and long situations or the longest third downs in the league last year um so he was he was put in tough situations, and I think that the addition of Jamison Crowder to this Jets offense is, is gonna um, is gonna allow Sam Darnold to to be able to extend these drives a little bit longer, convert some more of these these third downs into first downs, and keep these drives going. Um, but all in all, I, I like the offense, uh, but I really do like Jamison Crowder to outperform his third third round ADP. Um, yeah, I mean that's my Sam Darnold love. Um, Moving forward, another guy, uh, Michael Gallup, in the second second year wide receiver. Yeah, that's a pretty good one right um, there. Uh, I was all over this guy. <laughs> I was all over this guy last year. Um, I, I actually forgot about him. 
until I, I was actually getting ready to do this, 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 this sleeper thing. Um, but he was a guy I was all over last year, and uh, he, he came on a little bit towards the end of last year. But all the reports at a camp are that he's having a really good summer. And now you throw in the possibility that we might not have Zeke for a whole season. I think that that's an uptick for the entire Cowboys passing offense, uh, right? Like if, if there's no Zeke, um, that means that this team's going to have to move the ball in other ways. Um, I think that that's going to be an uptick for, for the, the receiving options like Michael Gallup. Um, and then this popped today. I don't know if you heard this, Greg, or you caught you caught one of this, but Mari Cooper has a plantar fascia issue right now. Yeah, I did see that late in the day. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't, don't know what that means. I don't know what the prognosis is on that, but we could be looking at an even greater percent of target share if Amari Cooper is, is banged up or has to miss time for injuries. And he's also going in, in round 13. Yeah, so, that's a very good price for someone yeah. that could be, you know, possibly could get now some more receiver one attention in that offense because Amari Cooper could be a, a, it's a nagging injury for sure. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then other guys... I mean, I'm not going to list the rounds, but because you know, again, they're all just going really late. <laughs> um, John Brown, who I touched on you know, in, a, in a quarterback episode uh, with, as a potential pair with, with Josh Allen. Uh, New Orleans Saints wide receiver Traycon Smith, also in the second year. Um, again, deep offense or um, high high powered offense. Um, so you know, there's possibility for some targets there. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver James Washington, again, also in his second year. Um, but, you know, no AB. Um, uh, Dante Moncrief is supposedly running as the number two wide receiver. Um, but I, I'm not going to bet on Dante Moncrief to hold that spot for, for, for the whole season. Yeah, yeah. I'd expect James Washington to at some point take that away from him. Yeah, for sure. Especially if you saw the preseason. I don't know if you watched the preseason game. Yeah, he had, he had a deep, yeah, I was he, about to say, he, he did so well. He, he balled out. Yeah. Um, and then another one, you know, Bears, Chicago Bears wide receiver, Anthony Miller, also going in the 11th round, also a second-year wide receiver. Um, and then one that I kind of thought about um, uh, yesterday, actually, with this whole A-B stuff going on, but Tyrell Williams um, going in the 12th round, uh, Oakland Raiders wide receiver Tyrell Williams. Um, obviously, we don't know what the whole situation, situation is, but obviously, you know, is that he's coming back, he's going to be playing. Um, but he, he was someone that did cross my mind uh, as this A-B news, you know, as we, we didn't really have a whole ton of clarity on the situation. Um, but, you know, he's, he's now that my eyes are open to him, he's kind of, you know, he's, he's kind of on my radar now. So he's also going to him. Yeah, check him out on Hard Knocks too. Uh, the best show on, on TV right now. Yeah, man. Um, yo, I guess that right, that wraps up the wide receivers, man. Uh, yeah. I, uh, you have anything else to add? Anything else that sticks out? Uh, no, nah, I think you named a lot of guys in that bottom of round. Just happy you did not mention Josh Gordon. So. Yo, I was just, I was just, I was just gonna like, you know what? I wanted to start off the bus, the bus episode by saying I just want to say Josh Gordon. But basically. If you don't, if you don't know, um, I, I, Josh Gordon has fooled me like seven times. 
Uh, I know there's that saying, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I don't know what happens after seven. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but Josh Gordon has fooled me and fooled me and fooled me and will not be fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> and watch this be the year that he comes Imagine. back. He's he's clean. Yep. And he and he goes off like 1,500 yards. I was spaz. But you know what? I'm going to be okay with this because that's the part of fantasy. you got to be okay with the process. Right? You can't be You can't be so – um, focus on the outcome. Yeah. Right? So the process here is to avoid Josh Gordon at all costs. <laughs> not even going to draft him. <laughs> um, but if the outcome says different, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna overreact to that. Yeah, we're uh, just yeah, happy about that. <laughs> all right, bro. Well, uh, yeah, man. Let's 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 call this, man. So, um, yeah, guys. Thanks thanks for listening. Uh, again, we're live on. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Yep, yep, yep. Please leave us a rate or review wherever wherever you're listening to us on. Uh, we really appreciate all the love we've been getting. Uh, we, we continue to appreciate the feedback. Tell us how we can improve the show, what we can do to get better. Uh, you know, we're trying we're trying to be the best that we can be. Yeah, you already know. We out this. All right, peace, y'all.